In episode four of the Alexa podcast, we speak with Alexa champion and solo entrepreneur Andrea Bianco of Smart House Consultant. And we talked to her about the unique and fascinating work she does to outfit homes with smart technology using Alexa. Enjoy. Hi, and welcome back to the Alexa podcast, episode four. Our sponsors for this podcast are Forthcast. Turn your podcast into an Alexa skill using Forthcast. Go to forthcast.com today. That's F-O-U-R-T-H-C-A-S-T. Our second sponsor is the Alexa Conference. The Alexa Conference is the annual gathering of Alexa developers and enthusiasts. Learn more and get registered at alexaconference.com. Our keynote at the Alexa Conference is Dr. Ahmed Bouzid, who is the CEO and founder of Witlingo, which is our third sponsor of this podcast. Witlingo is a company that focuses on building products and solutions to deliver far-field conversational experiences based in McLean, Virginia. And the Witlingo team is conducting a workshop coming up on August 16th titled Learn How to Design an Alexa Skill uh, on Voice User Interface Design. And people in the D.C. area can find out more about that as we will have the link posted on Voice First FM in the show notes for this episode. Kevin Old is my co-host. Kevin, say hello. Hello. Kevin, uh, nice to be back with you. Looking forward to this. We've had a bit of a hiatus just with how the scheduling of this podcast has gone, but uh, excited to get uh, back in the saddle with you on this. And our special guest tonight is Andrea Bianco. Andrea, say hello. Hello, everyone. Andrea I'm going to give you the floor and just explain, give us your title and your company and explain a little bit about what you do. Sure. So my company is Smart House Consultant, LLC, and I'm located down in Tucson, Arizona. Um, I do have a background in business analytics and was formerly in the, in the world of corporate America doing business analytics for a customs brokerage firm. And a couple years ago, I decided to venture out and start my own business. Um, our company went through a lot of transformation and changes, and unfortunately, was I was downsized after I um, had put some stuff together and things got offshored. So I was looking for what to do next in my career. I had always been interested in home automation, and that was just coming off of um, the recent release of the flagship product, the Amazon Echo. I had, was somewhat familiar with some basics of home automation, um, found it to be interesting, um, but didn't always serve my use case and wasn't always the most convenient thing for me as I felt that within the home, I was always tied to a hardware device. So always having to pick up your phone or your tablet to do something, which in my case was probably... Um, no easier for me than to just walk over to the light switch at that point or the thermostat. And with that release of the Echo, I sort of dove in then and did my research and just thought, this is it. This is sort of what I considered the holy grail of home automation for those who were um, home automation enthusiasts. And I thought, this is such a dynamic shift in how we work around our homes 
So I thought, I, I think I can make a go of this. I really think this is just where it's at in the, and see potential and growth here. So I started out, um, just I'm a one-man band, started my own company here in Arizona as a smart house consultant. And that took me not only into having to learn the smart house end of it, all the mesh networking and other companies and devices and how they all work together, but really deep diving into the Alexa and voice technology. I began setting up, sitting in on all the Amazon office calls and making inroads and building relationships with some of the evangelists over at Amazon. They were so great to me. I can't even tell you. They really took me a couple of them under their wing. They would sit with me. They would sit on the phone with me when I had problems on a Friday night and help me through things. And I just kept learning the technology and getting deeper and deeper into it. And last fall was nominated for the um, Alexa Champion program. So I became an Alexa Champion and have kind of flown with it. And things have kind of morphed for me, and I've really um, gotten into the whole voice automation scene much heavier. So I continue to really try to be out there and evangelize the voice technology. Cool. Okay. Smart House Consultant does what? So what I do is my home is actually set up as a demo. It's a pretty full-scale smart home. A lot of people um, think they know what a smart home is or they've heard of one component of a smart home. And the, mo the place that most people start are with lighting. So a lot of people say, oh, I have a smart light. And that's kind of their existence of what a smart home is and their understanding. And often I'll have people come over then and I'd like, you know, say, please come over take a look at it and let me know what you think. And to date, I'm still betting 100%. Everybody that's come in here, their jaw absolutely drops because it's nothing like what they had in their mind of just being their kitchen light or their bedroom light or something like that. Um, mine is pretty full scale, so it runs the gamut from you know locks and garage door openers to all kinds of sensing going on. Um, motion sensors, open closed sensors that control things. So after I walk people through, I kind of sit with them and work with them on designing what would be practical for them to install in their situation and what would work for their lifestyle. So we kind of work on that design and architecture phase. Um, the next thing, if they want to proceed forward, is we, I sublet out to a third party if there's any hardware devices. So any electrical work that would require a licensed contractor, we can go ahead and get that set up for them, do that, and then I come in and do all the programming and technical install. So getting the devices paired to the hub, getting the programming the way they want it to be. So when they walk in a room, what happens? Does the light go on? Does it go off after so many minutes? those type of things, and then help them with that technical install at the end. So it's sort of a soup to nuts um, service. Did I see it correctly that you, your company also helps realtors add technology to help houses sell, or am I just making that up? Yeah, nope, you're not making that up. I've had a lot of realtors come in. Um, I work with them. I actually have an appraiser in town that I've worked with and trying to get the word out about that about what does um, putting home automation into your home do to the valuation of the home. Uh, because it's so new, that's sort of a whole new animal again that is you know, kind of its own little business set being formed around that. And also, um, yes, working with realtors and you know, 
telling if they have somebody that has some smart home devices, how to sort of highlight those in the house and hopefully um, make it easier for the resale on the end. So yes, I do work with realtors on that as well. That is really cool. I, yeah. I There's many things about you that I like. Number one, the entrepreneurship yes. uh, aspect. Uh, number two, you know, we spend so much time talking about development and we talk about, uh, you know, the um, all the stuff that pertains to Silicon Valley and uh, stuff that big companies drive. What you're doing is so unique and so innovative um, to, to take the technology and to apply it um, and work on a house by house, household by household basis to apply the technology. That's really cool, but the thing that really just pushes it over the top for me is working to sell houses for more and sell houses quicker using this technology. I think that's a total game changer. Can you share with us any results that you've had uh, in terms of maybe there's a house that couldn't sell and then you added uh, some smart uh, you know, speakers or you added some Alexa automation or whatever and it sold? or it's uh, one that sold for maybe a little bit higher. What can you share with us in terms of data? Yeah, um, I don't have a lot of the data back because um, again, I'm only a year old. So in, okay. the, and in developing it, I don't have a lot of the data back, but I will tell you with some of the appraisers that I've worked with and them trying to go back and do things, even for people with HEL trying to get HELOCs to do these improvements, um, mm. that's a whole nother avenue that's being explored. Um, I've had some bankers in as well um, to kind of mesh this all together and um bring that technology in and then see what the valuation is. And most of the smart homes, you know, some of them that I've seen have raised the value anywhere from 10 to 30,000, depending on, hmm. you know, just how much is in the home and what will be staying in the home, what's hardwired in the home. Um, of course, there's a ton of variables about that. Um, so that really is a total one-to-one -one basis because a lot of these devices are able to be moved. So some people want to take some of their sensors and things with them. However, the hardware devices, obviously, if you've changed light switches out in gang boxes, outlets, garage door openers, locks, those things, you know, definitely have to stay with the home. So those definitely increase the value of the home, especially if you're looking more toward that um, millennial set that really tends to be um, a hot area for them right now. So I find it to be either that or the very high-end homes that have used the old X10 type systems and that thing. Those people, I just had a woman recently up here in a, in a community who wants to get switched over to sort of this type of networking and mesh networking because um, of the flexibility with it compared to the old hardwired systems. It's easy to understand how families in existing houses want technology and they don't know how to do it. So they look up smart house consultant in the, uh, that's another thing too, is I have hit and it's, I feel, um, we're just not quite there yet, but really getting some of the home builders on board with this. I have knocked on doors. Of course. Um, I have read that Lennar and I have reached out to them. Um, they have homes around where I live and are pretty aggressive builders in the Arizona area. But trying 
to also work with the builders, I think is really going to be um, a big opening space for somebody very soon. Because I think as these millennials start buying their first homes, they're going to almost mandate it. Um, sure. It's not even an option. And if you listen, look at some of the statistics and what's important in some of the Nielsen market research, um, they were asked like a funny survey about what is important to you in your first home or your first apartment type setting. And I found one of the things absolutely hysterical um, to the, that millennial set, Wi-Fi, strong Wi-Fi connection and stability is more important than a washer and dryer service in their first apartment. <laughs> So, I could see that. And, I uh, think that just speaks to where they're at. <laughs> well, no, yeah, for sure. And um, But I, I think it's just brilliant, the idea. I mean, you're going to have all sorts of angles to play. But the idea of um, having a smart house consultant, uh, for lack of a better term, uh, that uh, is available. You know, th- uh, everyone's familiar with staging a house. Yes. Um, you, you take the personal stuff out, you move the furniture around, maybe you bring some stuff in and you sort of, um, cast it in, in, its, in a house in its best light, uh, to prepare to sell it. I think it's absolutely brilliant. The idea of having a technology consultant right there hand in hand with the furniture stager to, to, you know, if this house is a little bit difficult to sell for whatever reason, or the, or the owner just wants to sell it quick. Hey, let's bring in this other person too, who can set up, uh, you know, some Alexa-based uh, hardware and uh, give it a new tech angle to sell it. I, th- I think that's incredible. Um, I had some questions about uh, networking. Um, you mentioned mesh networking being yes. a a new option, and um, I'm wondering um, what uh, what is your approach with getting uh, a network set up and how do you deploy that within the house so that it doesn't interfere with with either the the consumers um, devices uh, can you talk a little bit about sure. your your plan absolutely um, which is great because I will tell you that um, I've learned so much in a year and a half of this. Um, my partner is also a cloud engineer and has helped me a lot in the, on that front on some of the networking aspects of this. And one thing that I tell people that I um, give presentations to and that come to my home for a demo that I'm becoming um, – more and more, I guess, almost adamant about, and that is to have um, some type of system like an Orbi or an Aero system throughout because what we're finding is with the standard type lease equipment that I found with, say, a Comcast or a CenturyLink, and I don't mean to point any one vendor out, um, but those standards, generally, when you start putting in um, a lot of devices, smart devices into a home and on a network, Inevitably, I have found a lot of bouncing issues. Um, the Wi-Fi is bouncing up and down, and that is causing interference on the mesh networks. So um, that's one thing I tell people going into this is I would strongly recommend and plan on um, getting your own um, either Eero or be something like that to get those dead spots and those pockets out and really maximize the Wi-Fi. That's the first approach. Um, and what I 
tell people about. And the second thing is just building a strong network. So just knowing how that's what people use me for too, is to know how to design the Z-Wave mesh. So every so often we need those repeaters put in. Um, how is the home designed? Is it a very linear home? Um, and where does that router sit? Are we trying to go bi-directional or unilaterally down sort of, you know, a line of sight and being able to sort of direct people and the electricians and that type of thing of where, about where we need things put in to have those hops um, to build the most stable network as possible. Awesome. And then also guiding people because a lot of people as the quick first grab as this is happening, um, Philips Hue tends to be, I would say, one of the leaders. Everybody has that name recognition with Philips Hue and um, maybe some GE, but also trying to work with people who are building both mesh networks. So if they're building a Zigbee and a Z-Wave and trying to make them understand, you know, we can't just pool all these kind of lights in one place and all these kind of lights in another. We need to kind of scatter them so we have, you know, more stability in your in your mesh and that type of thing. So kind of um, doing that layout for people has become very vitally important. Awesome. Do you uh, recommend um, uh, network segmentation for the devices uh, themselves? Um, not necessarily. It, it, it's so one-on-one -on -one and just depends on what the actual end customer is looking to do and how many devices and what type of devices they want in. So I would have to say it's just a complete one-to-one, -one, you know, design layout for them. And, uh, do you have clients in remote areas with limited internet access or, uh, access to providers? And if so, how do you handle those? Do you go to I, cellular? Yeah, I, we are not using any cellular right now. All of the ones I have personally done um, are in more populated areas. So we're, I'm not really, quote unquote, off the grid um, using cellular type service. I know that is an option. I personally have not built those out yet. So um, I would not really want to give anybody wrong advice on that. Awesome. No worries. And, uh, and one more question uh, related to hardware. Uh, you mentioned some uh, brands, Philips Hue. Um, mm -hmm. What are some of the, the brands that you see that are winning in the area of home automation? Oh, goodness. Um, I was just looking at the Alexa skills getting ready, and I noticed there's 563 smart home um, skills on there right now. But I would definitely say um, Go Control Nortech. Those guys have been around for a really long time and don't have that kind of name recognition, I feel, like Philips Hue or Wemo does. The products that I have used from them, from outlets to garage door openers, I have never had a fail on those products and have found them really stable. Their customer service is good. So I think they're kind of um, back end. You don't see that at a Home Depot when you go or a Lowe's when you're looking for those things. But then, of course, um, Philips Hue, um, the Iris, even that they have at Lowe's, I even have integrated some of those into a Samsung SmartThings hub and system. Um, all the GE products, the GE Link stuff, I have multiple light bulbs like that, Sylvania um, Osram Lightify light bulbs. So TCPs direct to Wi-Fi. The, the list is becoming endless. And that's one thing I also ask people when they come is what is the functionality? There's two things we take 
into heavy consideration, and that is what do you want the product to do? What functionality do we need? And what is the price point or the budget we're working within? Because I find that there's products for almost everything and sometimes multiple products just depending on those two factors alone. So if you want a light bulb that just simply dims or whatever, you can get a less expensive light bulb. You know, you can get a smart light bulb for 10 or 15 bucks on Amazon now, or you can go all the way up to 50 to $75. Maybe if you want multicolor spectrum, the RGB bulbs, you want them to dim slowly. You want them, you know, the more and more features you add, again, the price points probably going up on you. So um, taking budget and functionality into consideration is often what steers me to products, um, as well as what we can get to work together. That's also one of the um, things that I really pitch hard, and that's trying to use the most open source system to get the most products on a hub we can. And right now I'm finding that to be the um, Samsung SmartThings. Very cool, Andrea. Let me ask you uh, a question that I've sort of been curious about. I'm surprised it has not come up on this podcast until now. What is an Alexa champion? What we are is a group. There are 27 of us in the world right now. They are um, developers and I'll call, the, call them Alexa evangelists as well, that we uh, just as good favor kind of go out and evangelize the products and often most of them are also skilled developers. So you'll find a lot of the champions have um, certified skills in the Alexa skills store. Um, we sit on the calls. Um, we have weekly calls for the office hours. You'll find a lot of champions on those calls as well as we have our own um, special champion call to every month or two with um, a representative from Amazon. We get early release to product knowledge. Sometimes we have a more direct avenue up to um, Amazon, so we have a couple contacts, so we can report back um, bugs we find, a lot of feature requests you'll find coming from the Amazon Alexa champions. We're the ones who are out there, I'll say more or less, testing and hammering the products. I myself have um, 16 Alexa devices in my home, so we are um, heavy users of the product and kind of know almost, I won't say all the nuances, but a lot of nuances of the product. So um, it's similar to the um, Microsoft MVP program, um, just people out in the community who can um, help other people, I would say, with um, the Alexa product. I'd like to know what your impression is of the uh, AWS Smart Home Skill API. I love it. It provides for a lot of continuity, so the end user experience is very um, much the same all the time. The user very quickly knows how to interact, what language to use, those type of things if you use that set. So um, I think as a starting base that it, it's a very good template to start with. Um, that being said, if you want to get into a lot further customization, you can only customize that, you know, so much. I do have um, a developer I work with, and we do a lot of custom type development of it, so we can really tweak on the Alexa service and build out sort of, um, in my personal one, my, I call it the brain. So when we invoke it, you know, I say Madame's name, 
open the brain and that uh, opens that skill for me. And then I will say almost everything can be done. So here's a little caveat. Um, a little bit ago, I don't know, I think it was about six months ago, Amazon enabled the ability to lock your front door. There's always been this controversy about um, locking and unlocking doors or opening and closing garage doors. And <clears throat> upon release, she couldn't do any of that functionality. Then Amazon decided to take that first step forward and allow for locking the door. So you can invoke Alexa to lock the front door. However, if you ask her to unlock the front door, she says at this time she cannot do that. With our custom skills, we're able to get all that functionality in. So I am able to unlock my front door or open my garage door or do all those type of things. So if you can get a, get in there and hone it down and get further drill downs built in in the slots and stuff, you're able to get all that complete functionality of a home as well as what I like to call um, data metrics in a sense back out of your home. So I have a bunch of reports. I can say, ask her for my house state. That goes through the doors and windows in my home and my locks and lets me know what state my house is in. So if I had any windows or doors open, it also tells me what my alarm feature is set to. Um, and what mode my house is running in. The template is a good place to start and then building it further out really just kind of blows the doors off of it because then you're able to pretty much fully function and do everything in your house. So I do everything from my locks and all that stuff to asking for metrics to turning on my garbage disposal while I'm cooking, you know, automatically goes off after 17 seconds. You can get all that stuff built in then. What is, uh, other than your home, what's the most elaborate setup um, that you've installed? I would say my home is probably one of the biggers because I also have um, not only the, the devices that you think about, but one of the features that I find really helpful for me, um, and this is sort of come from my own use, but also I also try to help a lot of the developmentally disabled population and working um, to get homes to function around their use cases a lot. So having a home that I say my home talks to me. So I use the Sono system as well. So my home is able to talk to me and give me a lot of information as things are happening. So anytime my door is locked or unlocked, those announcements come on on certain speakers in my home or if my garage door is opened or um, whatever you want it to be type of thing. So um, I have a lot built in, not just with you know, what people think of the traditional devices, I think, locks, front doors, doorbells, um, and lights, but those sort of metricy things in the home speaking to you, which sort of, you know, I say that's like voice squared. So I can talk to my house, but yet my house can talk to me too. Very cool. So Andrea, uh, for folks listening to this podcast who have heard about you, heard about Smart House Consultant, who have a need for either their own house or someone else's house or want to connect you to somebody, what's the best way for someone to reach out and contact you? Um, directly on my website is the best way, and it's the full business name. So it's www.smarthouseconsultant.com. And there's a contact me page on there and you can just fill it out. I also have an email, which is the same um, name as the business. So it's smarthouseconsultant at gmail.com. So either one of those ways are the absolute best way to get a hold of me. Awesome. Well, we appreciate you setting your time aside tonight and talking to us and sharing your 
insight and your expertise and just a little bit more about what you're doing because it's so unique and interesting. And uh, we greatly appreciate you. I really appreciate it and having the having you take the time and um, get the word out there because I have also found in my research, and that's part of why I really need to help people I feel do this, is when I've talked to um, Best Buy Management and some of the bigger stores that sell some of these devices retail, um, there is a high return rate on a lot of these smart home devices. And the reason is clearly not hardware device failure, it is integration. Um, integrating is the tough part of it. Buying the device um, is the easy part. Getting it to do what you want, how you want, and when you want it to do it tends to be um, pretty technical for some people. So that's kind of what I, I'm here to do and help people with. So I can't imagine how much of a glutton for punishment you'd have to be to a go lot. to Best Buy to go to Best Buy <laughs> and ask them to do anything with Alexa. You're right. You're right. So that's why people hopefully need people like me. Absolutely. Well, uh, we appreciate it for episode four of the Alexa podcast. Thank you for listening. And until next time.